Welcome to the Warrior School Podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe lifting weights, knowing our cycles, and training with them is the future of women's training. I also believe this training, nutrition, and health stuff shouldn't feel so goddamn hard, and we should all feel strong and confident. So, This is your go-to show for practical information to build a stronger and healthier body. You'll find content on training, nutrition, hormones, and tons of experts who want to help you get stronger and healthier. I am your teacher, Amy Bow, coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. Warrior Women, welcome to May's internal event inside Warrior School. This month, we are talking about healthy weight loss. And this is a conversation I have a lot. Uh, Changing our body composition or losing weight is probably one of the biggest goals for women. And so it comes up a lot in my work. Uh, It's an important conversation to have. And today we're going to talk about how we change our body composition or lose weight in a healthy, sustainable and intelligent way. Uh, There is a uh, approach to this stuff. You know, there is a bit of a formula uh, if we want to change our body composition sustainably uh, in a way that supports our system, our hormones, our goals with our training. So we're going to jump into it. I'm just going to share my screen. Okay, so when we talk about healthy weight loss, there are three parts to this. Uh, And you'll see there's three circles on the screen. Now, you know, maybe you have this goal to lose weight or to change your body composition. And maybe you've had it for a while. Maybe you went on a diet and you exercised more and it really worked for you at the start. You lost weight, you felt better. But then over time, you began to realize that maybe what you were doing wasn't working. Uh, you know, that your physiology and our amazing bodies are a little complex. And maybe you started to see some signs. Uh, Maybe there was a plateau or a lack of progress in your weight loss or your training. Maybe you were even gaining some weight. Uh, Maybe you started to get interrupted sleep, Uh, maybe more irritable or low energy. Maybe you had some cycle irregularities. So maybe you started to see some signs. Uh, and it can be really hard for us to connect those signs to what we're doing because of the culture. We've been told that, you know, if we eat less and exercise more, we'll lose weight. And yeah, for sure we can, but over time we start to see that what worked for us then and at the start is actually not working for us. Uh, and our body is trying to tell us, but it's really hard because we're, we're stuck in culture in the diet culture. 
Uh, and so the first piece when we talk about this weight loss or changing our body composition is to look at the state of our system. So we come back to this conversation on the metabolism. And for those of you who were at the metabolism session, uh, we're going to tie this back in because this is the first circle and the first step if we want to change our body composition and lose weight. We need to make sure that the system can tolerate that. So you'll see the first circle is all about rebuilding stress tolerance. Because if I don't have a strong system or my metabolism isn't working right, and I can see all these red flags when I look at you know, my markers. So in the metabolism session, we spoke about our markers. And those are things like you know, objective measures like our temp and our pulse, you know, they should be reading a certain number uh, to tell us that the body, you know, is working properly. And then we have our subjective measures like our sleep, our cycle, our mood, our energy, our bowels, our digestion, uh, you know, our appetite. And uh, there are a few more that we'll go through today. And so, you know, if I have a lot of red flags on my markers, you know, and I can't tick them off saying, yes, I've got a good temp and pulse. Yes, I sleep. Yes, my energy is good. Yes, I've got a regular cycle. Uh, that's telling us that the system is stressed, that our tolerance to stress is really low. So if we go on this journey to lose weight or even on a performance journey to, uh, you know, perform to a certain level in our training, those two things are stressful. And if we already have a stress system, it's going to create more stress. It's going to lower our stress tolerance and it's going to create uh, more disruption with all our markers, with our physiology. And so what happened is when you did it before and it worked, well, yeah, it did, of course. Yeah, it worked. We create a deficit, you know, we train a bit harder and it works for us at the start. It takes a little while for the system to catch up uh, and to know kind of what we're doing. And then it creates lots of stress on the body. And over time, you know, it could be three months, six months, a year, two years, then signs start to appear that we have created a lot of stress on the system. So for those of you, um, you know, that work with me, you know, we spend a lot of time on rebuilding this stress tolerance. So I ask you about your stress. Uh, I ask you about all of those markers. We work on uh, changing your training to make sure it's supporting you where you're at right now. We make sure that we build our really good food foundation Basically, the work that we do at the start is trying to restore the metabolism, is trying to increase your stress tolerance. Because if we want to perform in our training or we eventually want to work on changing our body composition, we need to have a little bit of like money in the bank <laughs> to be able to do that. Now, you know, if you get deep in the metabolic world, they'll tell you that you need to completely heal the system before you even start to train. I don't believe in that. I believe that we can go on a healing journey, uh, rebuild our metabolism, rebuild our stress tolerance, and we can also train. 
We just need to train in a way that's supporting that journey and is supporting uh, our physiology and where we're at. And the way that we look at, you know, if it's working for us is just through our markers. And so we're constantly tying back into tracking. Uh, And that's the third circle. So if we think about, okay, the start of this weight loss journey or changing my body composition I need to rebuild my stress tolerance. So I need to make sure I have a strong metabolism. I'm eating enough food. I'm balancing my meals. I'm sleeping. I'm recovering. My energy's really good. I've got a regular cycle. My temps and pulses are really good. And then once we can tick off these markers, uh, we can then move into looking at changing our body composition and creating a calorie deficit, which is stressful on the body. That's why we need to make sure we have this stronger stress tolerance. So when we talk about body composition or we talk about weight loss, what are we even talking about? You know, if you have a scale and you hop on the scale and you see this weight and you want to lose weight, what are you even talking about when you do that? All right, so what is our body composition? So our body composition is made up of our bones, our organs, our muscles, and our fat mass. That's our whole body composition. So we have bones, we have organs, we have muscle mass, and we have fat mass. So if we step on a scale and we get triggered by the weight, or we have a weight in our mind that we want to achieve uh, and we want to lose weight, what are we even talking about? What weight do we actually want to lose? Because we need all of those parts of our body composition. Now, for sure, we have different percentages and ratios, but this is why it can get really gray and really messy if we have this number that we're trying to reach and we weigh ourselves because our body composition is made up of more than just fat. Now, when a lot of females talk about weight loss, they are talking about fat loss. And that's really important to get clear on is that I want to lose fat mass because we can't lose our bones, we can't lose our organs, and we don't want to lose our muscle mass, which we're going to dive into today So a lot of us are talking about losing fat mass. Okay, so we understand that, you know, what our body composition is made of. We may have a certain number in mind. Now, the first piece really here is where did I get that number from? You know, if I have a weight that I want to be, where did that come from? Uh, Have I been there before? And when I was there, how did it make me feel? Um, and I want you to reflect back on was the body actually healthy when you were at that weight? If you can think of all those markers that we went through, can you reflect back and remember if you could tick all those markers off? And this happens quite often is that we've been a certain weight and that could be 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and we associate that weight with, you know, more worth, uh, more confidence, more love for ourselves. But if we really think about how 
was the body healthy? You know, did I have energy? Was I sleeping? Did I feel good? A lot of the times we can't actually tick all those markers off. We were there because we were under eating and over exercising. Uh, and we were keeping ourselves at a weight without actually being healthy. So the first piece I want you to write down in your journals on, on a piece of paper is where, if I have a number in my mind, where did I get this number from? Uh, and if I got to that number, what does that mean for me? What does it feel like? Why do I want to get there? If you don't have a number, but you have a certain body composition in mind, uh, maybe, you know, you look at someone and you want their body composition, you can also do the same thing. You know, if you got there, what does that mean? What does it feel like? What would that allow you to do? Yep. So I want you to be writing them down in your journal. I want you to reflect and spend some time on, you know, if I have a number, what does that mean to me? Where did it come from? If I got there, how would I feel? What would that allow me to do? Are the same thing with a body composition change. So, you know, if I was to reduce fat mass, maybe increase lean muscle mass, uh, if I was to achieve this body composition of this person that I look up to, what would that mean for me? You know, how would that feel? What would that allow me to do? And then I want you to just spend some time reflecting on uh, your stress tolerance right now. So for those of you who are, you know, in the work of this and we've spent a lot of time looking at our markers, uh, doing food logs, changing our training, uh, you'll know, you know, to look at if you do temp and pulse, how are they sitting? What are they reading like? Uh, look at your sleep. Are you sleeping well or are you waking up a lot? Look at your energy over the day. Is it stable or is it still on a roller coaster ride? Uh, do you have an appetite on waking and do you get hungry during the day? What's your cycle doing? Is it regular? Does it arrive on time and mostly without symptoms? Uh, do you poo one to three times a day? All of these markers, I just want you to reflect on them. And, you know, just kind of see where you are right now. What is your stress tolerance like? So after we've spent time on, you know, why do I want this thing? Yeah, why do I want to lose weight or change my body composition? What does it mean to me if I can do that? How would I feel? What would it allow me to do? And then we're looking at what's the state of my system right now? You know, do I have a lot of red flags or can I tick a lot of boxes off? You know, is my body ready to tolerate a little bit more stress? And then we're going to go into the calorie conversation. So if we're going to create a calorie deficit, we need to know how many calories we actually need. So the first column is our resting metabolic rate. Now that is what my body needs just to survive. Uh, you know, for my hormones to sleep, my digestion, my hair, my skin, my nails, for my brain to function, for my lungs and my heart to work. You know, if I was sleeping all night and then I just laid in bed all day and did nothing at all, my body requires a certain amount of energy just to maintain my systems. 
you know, to produce my hormones, to produce my sleep hormones, uh, to digest my food, uh, from, to grow my hair, my skin, my nails. So maybe mine's around 1400. I could be a little higher, but generally, you know, uh, it's around 14, 1500 for me. This is uh, my example. Now, we will all have our own resting metabolic rates. We did work them out when we did the metabolism session. So go back if you want to work that out. The best way to actually get really clear on what it is, is to get like a DEXA scan. And that DEXA scan actually breaks down our body composition. It's very accurate and it gives a very accurate reading of our resting metabolic rate. So say I did a DEXA scan or I worked out my resting metabolic rate based on my age, my weight, you know, uh, there's a few variables that come into it and it's around 1400 calories. So I need to give my body that just to survive. And then maybe I train hard uh, today. You know, maybe I do a really intense training session for about an hour and a half, two hours, and I'll probably burn about 500 calories. And then I do my 10,000 steps. Uh, which is another 300. And then I just do activities of daily living. So I teach a class, um, you know, I just maybe clean the apartment. I'm just walking around, you know, cooking and I burn maybe another 350. So my expenditure is 2,550 calories a day. That's what I expend out. Uh, if I don't train, well, you know, I still have my basal metabolic rate. Uh, I still do my 10,000 steps and I still do my activities of daily living. So it's about 2000 calories that I need on a non-training day. Now, if I don't give my body enough calories, that's where we create a lot of problems. So it's really important for you to get clear on how many calories we actually need. Now, a lot of women have been on a diet where they might be on a thousand calories or 1200 calories or 13, even 14 or 1500 calorie diets are low because if my basal metabolic rate, my resting metabolic rate is 1400 calories, I'm giving it less than that. That's creating a lot of stress. Uh, and so the calorie deficit is too big. It's not a safe calorie deficit. And it's really important when we take this next step into this next circle that we create a safe calorie deficit. Because if we don't, we create more stress in the body, we decrease our stress tolerance. So with the rebuilding of the stress tolerance, we're restoring the metabolism we're eating 2000 calories a day, and then we're looking at our markers. Now this rebuilding of the stress tolerance may take three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months. Uh, it depends on the state of the system, depends on how many red flags you have in your markers, uh, how much stress the body's been under. And the healing journey can take from three to 18, I've even seen a couple of years for us to move through this to build a higher stress tolerance. Now that doesn't mean I can't train why I'm doing this. It doesn't mean that I won't see any results why I'm doing this, but it just means that this takes priority to build this foundation. A lot of you will be in this journey right now, restoring the metabolism, eating enough food, balancing your meals, eating frequently, looking at your markers through your tracking and through your food diary.
So once we have built up a little bit of a base, we've got a little bit of money in the bank and, you know, where we can tick some of our boxes, we then go into creating a safe calorie deficit. Now, what's a calorie? Well, a calorie is a unit of measure. That's it. A calorie is a calorie. And we can have two meals and one might be, you know, uh, a massive burger and fries uh, and the other could be a massive salad with, you know, cheese and a lot of stuff in the salad. Now, those two meals can be 400 calories. And a calorie is a calorie. The body doesn't care. It just knows that it's a calorie. Now, for sure, the way that those two meals are digested and absorbed, the way that those two meals may affect our uh, metabolism, our thyroid, our hormones, our energy, our skin, that's different. And we go on a lot about eating metabolic foods, foods that support our metabolism, easily digested, absorbed, support our blood sugar, support our hormones. So we can have two meals and one meal may be, you know, foods that actually don't support our metabolism, that are really hard to digest and absorb. The other meal can be a metabolic meal. You know, so that's easily digested and absorbed, really supports our hormones, supports our metabolism. Both can be 400 calories. And a calorie is a calorie. But from a metabolic perspective, it matters what meal we choose. But from a calorie perspective, so from creating a calorie deficit, it doesn't matter because a calorie is just a calorie. It's a unit of measure. Then we have macros. So we come into carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And we need all three macronutrients. All three of them. All three of them together. All three of them dancing. All three of them balancing each other. Now, when we look at macros, they have different calorie amounts per gram. So we look at carbohydrates. A gram of carbohydrates has four calories in it. A gram of protein has four calories in it. A gram of fat has nine calories in it. A gram of alcohol has seven calories in it. So when I'm looking at my macros, which we're not going to dive into today, and I actually don't do a lot of work with macros. Yes, we need to make sure we're balancing our meals. I do do work with protein to make sure we're hitting a certain amount of protein because that's really important for our lean muscle mass uh, and our recovery from strength training, but I don't actually do a lot of macro work. Uh, so if you want to dive into this deeper, we can have a conversation about it for sure. But basically what we're doing here is, you know, if I have a goal of, say I expend 2,500 calories a day and I want to start to create this safe calorie deficit, which is around 200 calories, two to 300 calories. So then I should be eating around 22 or 2300 calories a day. So what are those 22 or 2300 calories actually made up of? Well, we focus on protein first. So we need to make sure we're getting enough protein. So I want you to try and get, you know, 130 grams of protein. Now we can times 130 grams by four, and that will give us 
<clears throat> excuse me, that will give us how many calories we need of protein. So we can do that now. We can grab our phone. We can go 130 grams times four. So that's like 520 calories uh, of protein. So that's only 520 calories of protein. What are we going to make the rest up of? And for sure, we can go higher in our protein. So eating like 150 grams, you know, which would take it up to six or 700 calories that it's going to come from protein. Then we need to make it up with the rest of our carbohydrates, um, our rest of our macronutrients. So then we look at carbohydrates, our roots and our fruits. Uh, and, you know, if we want to try and eat two to 300 grams of carbohydrates a day, then we can go in and we can look at, okay, so a gram is four calories. So if I eat, let's jump in. We go 300 times four, that's 1,200. So then I plus 520. So I'm up to 17, uh, 1720. And then fat would make up the rest. Uh, of my calories to maybe get me to 2200. Now with macronutrients, what we're doing is focusing on protein first, then we look at the carbohydrate, then the fat makes up the rest of it. Now to get our ratios, well, we need to be tracking. We need to see if the food and how we're doing it is actually working for us. So we can have some ratios set, but we're not going to know if those ratios are working for us until we pay attention to our markers. How is my energy? How was my recovery? How did I feel going into the session? Um, and you know, looking at all of these things. That's why the noticing and the tracking is key with this stuff because we need to know if what we've set is working for us because there is no one ratio that's gonna work for everyone. It just doesn't work like that. And it also changes depending on our stress, our training, what's going on in our body, you know, if we have had a crappy night's sleep, if we had a really heavy training session the previous day, or if we're going to have one tomorrow, we need to change our macros a little bit. It's a little bit of an art, uh, but not necessary, you know, not necessary if we want to lose weight and build muscle. We don't need to track obsessively, we just need to make sure that we're hitting our calories. Am I eating enough calories? Am I eating my 2,300 calories a day? Am I getting enough protein? And then I'll make up the rest with my roots and my fruits and a little bit of fat. And then I'm just going to monitor to see how I feel and to see if it's working for me. And then we slowly just make some changes with maybe the balance of the meals, the ratios, uh, until we find something that works for us. And then we've got our vitamins and minerals, you know, and they matter, minerals matter. A lot of us are deficient in a lot of minerals, but if we're eating metabolic foods, uh, we're working on restoring the minerals. If we're lowering our stress, we're working on restoring the minerals. If we're trying to, you know, we're getting our food from really good quality sources that have really good soil, we're restoring our minerals. So the first thing when we think about creating a calorie deficit is we're looking at the calories. So the total amount that we're eating, have I got a little deficit there? Now, a safe calorie deficit is about 200 calories. Uh, and now we don't know exactly if that's going to create the change or if it's going to be too stressful on the body. We don't know until we do it. 
and we track, we notice, we look at our markers. But it's around two to 300, which is a safe calorie deficit. So we can create that with our food or we can stay at 20, you know, 2,500 calories and we can increase the training stimulus to burn 200 calories more. So we can create a deficit there by training harder and creating a harder stimulus that burns more calories, or we can keep our training the same and we can reduce our calories for like two to 300. Now that's a safe calorie deficit. If we do not create a safe calorie deficit, if we have a deficit of like a thousand calories, well then the body is not getting enough food. And if we don't give the body enough food, it's going to make it. And how does it make it? Well, it pulls on cortisol, it increases cortisol, cortisol then uh, gets our muscles, we eat our muscle mass, it sends it to the liver, the liver turns it into fat. And this is why if we're really under eating and overtraining and the deficit is so big that yes, at the start it could work for us, but then what happens is it creates so much stress, we actually have to eat our muscle mass uh, which then the liver can store it as sugar so we can actually gain weight even though we're under eating and we've got this big calorie deficit because then the, the metabolism just adapts and it gets lower so we have to go lower and lower and lower and we get this thing called metabolic adaptation syndrome that happens. Uh, so if the deficit is so big, it becomes really stressful. We create a lot of stress on the metabolism. The metabolism then eventually slows down. We eat a lot of our muscle mass uh, and we don't want that. We want to keep as much muscle mass on us as possible. The more muscle mass I have, the higher my resting metabolic rate. The more muscle mass I have on my body, the more fat I'm going to burn at rest because muscle burns fat at rest. Muscles eat fat. The more muscles I can have on my body, the more I'm going to eat my fat mass. If I am in a good, if I have a high stress tolerance, if I'm giving my uh, body enough calories, we're creating a smart calorie deficit. And if I'm eating enough protein, I should then pull on fat stores and lose fat mass. So, you know, reflect on your diets in the past uh, and how low the calories have been. And yes, they work at the start, you know, where I'm not arguing that, that yeah, for sure, you eat less, you are, you're going to lose weight. But again, what weight did you actually lose? Initially, quickly, it's water and fluid. And then if you are in such a big calorie deficit, it's muscle mass that you're losing. So when you step on a scale and you've lost weight, it's going to be water, like fluid, and it's going to be muscle mass. And you'll still have that mass there. So the last circle is, all right, so I've created a safe calorie deficit. I'm just going to go down 200 calories or I'm going to increase my energy expenditure by a couple of hundred calories. And then I just need to keep doing that consistently. So consistently, I need to keep this deficit. Uh, I need to keep doing my training. I need to be consistent with my food. And then I need to track. I need to track my markers. I need to look at these things and see if they are working for me. What I'm doing is working for me. Uh, 
And, you know, us, a couple of females, we went through and we created a higher stress tolerance. We restored the metabolism. We could tick off pretty much all of these um, metabolic markers. So then we started to create a deficit. Uh, and that deficit was a few hundred calories. And within a couple of weeks, the pulse dropped down a little lower. Uh, and the sleep was a bit disrupted. And so we just have to look at that. Now, that may not be just because we created the calorie deficit. We also have to look at what else went on in life, you know, and this, the calorie deficit is just one part of it, you know, and it could be because of, you know, you had a really stressful project at work, or maybe you didn't eat enough the day before. And, you know, uh, that's why the pulse was low the next day. It might not be because we've created a calorie deficit or it might be. This is why we need to track. So we need to commit to the safe calorie deficit. You know, we need to give it at least four to six weeks and we need to commit to the tracking and the noticing and making sure what we're doing is working for us. And then you know, after the four to six weeks, we then look at it all and we see if we're on the right track. Uh, do we feel like we maybe have lost a little weight? Uh, did we take measurements? Did we do a DEXA scan? And so I invite those that do have goals around their body composition and we've done the work on restoring, we can tick some, we can tick most of our markers off to get a DEXA scan, to get an in-body scan, because that's going to tell us the percentage of muscle mass, the percentage of fat mass. And then three months later, we would do another one. And that would tell us, did we gain muscle or maintain muscle? Was the weight that we lost actually fat mass? And are we on the right track? So that would be the very objective tracking. And I invite you, if you do have big goals around your body composition, to connect with me and then we'll set you up uh, depending if you're if you're up to this yeah and you know a lot of you are not a lot of you are still on that first circle build, rebuilding stress tolerance making sure we have a stronger metabolism then when we get to the second circle and we create a calorie deficit maybe we increase the the type of training you know that you're doing or we change it a little bit to help this stimulus of changing our body composition we make it more intense maybe we start to lift heavier weights uh we want to get a scan we want to get a dexa scan because we just want to get really clear that it's fat mass that we're losing and not muscle mass that what we're doing is working for us um, but i'm also gonna throw in a caveat there that we can do this without counting calories we can do this without getting dexa scans we can do this without focusing on numbers because i've done it and i have women who have done it over the last 13 years that we haven't gone into counting calories we haven't done dexa scans and we have reduced body fat increased lean muscle mass and have gotten stronger we have changed the body composition and we didn't have to do it this way but i know there are some of you out there that like the data they like the numbers um but i invite you to just really reflect on that you know your history with numbers and dieting and results and measurements uh that really support 
support your, you know, or fuel your worth around successful and not successful. Uh, and just be mindful that, you know, if you've come from diet culture and you've come from weighing and measuring and tracking and, you know, you're obsessed with the numbers and the result, that going down this road can be really challenging. But we can also reframe it, which is super cool. And I think that's key because we can come from a place of it being about optimizing health and building lean muscle mass. And we can really put a positive spin on this body composition stuff. Uh, and that's what I just want you to be mindful of, that it's totally cool if you want to count calories and you know, track your macros and you want to get a DEXA scan, um, you want to weigh yourself. All of these things are okay as long as you're not basing your self-worth on them, as long as they don't trigger you, uh, as long as they inspire you to, you know, focus on your nutrition more or, <clears throat> you know, eat more food to support your goals, as long as they're not causing you to go back into diet culture mindset, I'm all for it. And I think it's really important that we get to this place where we feel okay with hopping on a scale and we don't base our self-worth with the number on the scale. You know, I could weigh myself and I don't care. The number doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, you know, I hop on there and I see 68, 69 kilos. That doesn't mean anything to me. I don't, I don't base my self-worth. Um, I don't love myself more if I see a certain number on the scale. I don't count calories and I've never counted calories because I don't need to do it. I don't want to do it. You know, it's more of an energy leakage for me. I had a sister who had anorexia. I come from an eating disorder space as a practitioner. I've seen what it can do uh, to our mind. And I feel it leaks more energy out of us focusing on it than, you know, it's just more negatives than positives. But if you find it's not going to leak energy out of you and you want to do it, I'm here to support you in that. Just let's be mindful that we're coming from a place of, you know, I want to get healthier. I want to have more energy. I want to get stronger, you know, and not coming from this place of, okay, I'm obsessed with the deficit. I'm obsessed with just getting my calories and I'm obsessed with the weight. That's going to create more stress. And the physiology knows. The physiology knows where you're coming from. <laughs> it knows when it's squishy and stressful and, you know, you're coming from this place of, you know, scarcity and restriction and taking away uh, compared to it knows when you're coming from this place of, you know, I'm just, I want to be as healthy as I can be. I want to be strong. Uh, you know, I do want to change my body composition, but I want to do it because, you know, I want to feel more capable and stronger and more confident in myself. Uh, and so the physiology will know it's extremely clever. Uh, and so just be mindful where you're coming from with it when you track this stuff. And that's why I think the metabolic markers are really cool because a lot of them are subjective. A lot of them require us to pay attention to our body, to build that trust, to notice, uh, and, you know, we open up this whole conversation around, you know, what is healthy? What is healthy? What does that even mean? Because we see or we compare ourselves to, 
are other women. You know, maybe we're on social media and we follow all of these women that we wish we had their body composition. I wish I looked like that. But are they healthy? Because I know a lot of coaches and trainers that aren't actually healthy and strong themselves. So what is health? Because we get into this diet culture space um, and health is a lot about the way that we look, you know, our body composition, our aesthetics. And we can look at someone and they have a certain body composition and we can just assume that they're healthy. But we don't actually know. And what does health actually mean? Is it our weight? Is it our shape? Is it our size? Well, no. (laughs) Uh, You know, you could look at two people with different body compositions. Now, not extremely different, of course. Now, I think and I believe that when we get to a certain point, if we're severely overweight or obese, we're probably not metabolically healthy. Now, I can't assume that because I don't know. I haven't seen their markers, their blood work. But we know from the research that being severely overweight or obese puts puts us at risk. (laughs) Sorry. Puts us at risk. Wow, that's a really cool drama um, warm-up. In drama, I used to have to do all of these um, like warm-up drills to before you performed. Puts us at risk for a lot of um, health conditions and comorbidities. We know that, okay? But we could look at two people with kind of similar body compositions, maybe a little bit different. Maybe one looks really like lean and strong and the other just looks you know yeah they look like they do work out but they're not like super lean lots of muscles so we could look at these two body compositions and we would assume that the person that is really lean and fit is healthier based on society based on the culture but we don't know because we haven't seen their markers and I know loads of super healthy, fit, lean people that are not healthy. So coming back to the question, what is health? Health is the state of our metabolism. How well is our body at taking the food that we eat and turning that into energy on a cellular level? The metabolism affects the entire body, the entire system. So how good is our hormonal health? How good is the state of the metabolism? What's our resting temp and pulse like? Do we sleep for eight hours a night? Do we have a regular cycle that arrives on time and mostly without symptoms? That's a key sign there. If you don't have a regular cycle, you have a lot of uh, PMS symptoms. That's a big red flag that the body's not healthy. If you don't have a cycle, that's a red flag that stuff's going on. And if you don't have good energy, if you have no appetite, if you do not poo once a day, if you don't have a sex drive, if you don't have clear, healthy skin, all of these things, our metabolic markers are signs of health, that the system is healthy on a cellular, biological level. That's what health is. 
I just want to let that sink in a little because this is a gray, messy conversation. I was actually having a conversation with a good friend of mine last week, and she is a counselor in the eating disorder space. She's had an eating disorder herself. Uh, and we have great conversations around, you know, navigating and helping women navigate this stuff about weight, shape, and size, and, and the pressures from diet culture and what is health. And that's what we were talking about last week because she was interested about the podcast that I'm going to do tomorrow with a bunch of women that are in the metabolic world and our trainers. And she said, yeah, I saw it. And, you know, I saw that it was on like getting results or it was on weight loss. Um, and she said, could you just talk to me a little bit about that? And like what you will be talking about, because for her being a practitioner in the eating disorder space, that can be really triggering. Um, so we dived into actually getting clear on what healthy is. What is health? Uh, because if you're in, you know, the two ends of the spectrum, think about when we talk about this training health stuff, we have the diet culture fitness world, which is so heavily aesthetic based, a lot of numbers and tracking and changing body composition and restriction and obsession. And, uh, and then we have the other end of the spectrum, which is this health at every size and love your body and, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, overweight and we have two ends of the spectrum and, well, no one's actually having the conversation of, well, what actually is health from a scientific, physiological, biological perspective, what is healthy? Because you can have people at both ends of the spectrum that might be metabolically healthy maybe probably not but maybe but we don't know yeah based on their weight their shape their size what we can tell is am i am i actually healthy is my body healthy and that's the key thing because if the body is not healthy from a metabolic perspective the body is not functioning right we have low stress tolerance. Therefore, we're not going to be able to train hard, get our training goals, perform consistently, sustainably for a long time. We'll break down. The same thing with our body composition goals. If the body is not healthy from a metabolic perspective, we will not be able to change our body composition sustainably, consistently, intelligently for the long term without seeing consequences. And those consequences are the red flags that we spoke about at the start of the session. So if we're trying to perform and train and change our body composition and lose all this weight on a system that's really stressed and a system that's not actually healthy, we're going to create a lot of problems for it. Now, that may not come up straight away, but they will eventually come up and it will be at the detriment to our health. So I invite you to get, you know, just to get really curious about where you are now. Uh, why do you want to get where you want to go? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What's the state of the system like right now? Is the body actually healthy? Or do you have some work to do first before we go and we have these performance goals or these body composition goals? Uh, yeah, so that's all my slides for today's session.
I'd love if you had any questions that we can do a Q&A for the last 20 minutes uh, of the session. Warrior Woman, you can listen to these episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please give it love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, tag me in it on Instagram with your biggest takeaway. woman. So this training, nutrition and health stuff has challenged you at your deepest level and now you feel stuck. Maybe you've missed regular training for over a year due to an injury and you feel scared to start training again. Maybe you've tried so many programs but they didn't work. So now you feel tired, overwhelmed, out of shape and weak. I believe this stuff shouldn't feel so goddamn hard. I also believe that we should all feel strong and confident. So I pulled on all my knowledge and my experiences over the last decade and created Warrior School. In Warrior School, I help you swap confusion and overwhelm for a plan to get stronger and healthier. And who doesn't love a good plan? Inside Warrior School, I will teach you the key metabolic nutrition principles to give you energy and support your training. I teach you how to approach training to get stronger and get those results that you want. And I teach you how to regulate your cycle and use it as a tool to support your training. I invite you to become a part of Warrior School in three simple steps. Fill out the application form on my website, Book a free discovery call where we talk about your training and your goals. Three, start training today to get stronger and healthier.